Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Monster Podcast. This is Jay. This is Justin. And we are back to discuss the awesome Tito 6 set with you in another episode. Today, we are going to be talking about backs, and we are going to split them up into some various tiers, discuss who and what they are, and some basic pricing on them. Yeah, and now... I know some people who listen to the podcast are seasoned veterans and some are beginners. So when we're talking about backs, we just mean the different advertising backs that were printed on the reverse of the T206 cards. Um, When it comes to collecting, those backs dictate uh, the scarcity of a card and the price of a card. There are 15 different undisputed T206 backs in the set. And I'll just read those quickly because you're going to be hearing those names uh, a few times. So the backs in alphabetical order, and again, this is just alphabetical. You'll hear more about how they're all different. American Beauty, which is a green color. Broadleaf, which is brown. Carolina Brights, printed in black. Cycle, also printed in black. Drum, which is a lovely purple violet color. If you ever see it. (laughs) If you ever see it. That's right. EPDG. Red, Hindu, uh, brown and red, Lennox, black, and there's some dispute about a brown one, which we'll probably get to a little bit. Uh, Old Mill is uh, blackback, Piedmont, royal blue, polar bear, navy blue, sovereign, two different types of green, sweet capital, red, Tolstoy, black, and use it, which is a light blue. Those are the 15 different companies that distributed T206 cards in their packs. Uh, And then within those different brands, we won't get into it right now, uh, but within those brands, there's a variety of different backs for each of them, depending on when and where the cards were made. And one of the awesome parts about backs is it really offers a level of nuance to the set that I don't think you really see with any other comparably sort of very large and expensive and awesome sets. So to compare the T206 to say the 1933 Gaudi or the 1952 Tops, T206s are more than just a straight checklist that if you have a card, you can just check it off and never think about it again. With these backs, you have certain combos that are very easy, certain combos that are very difficult, and it just means that you know a set that is 520 cards actually has well over 5,000, right around 5,500 total combinations. And there are a couple people who are actively collecting that master set. It is a crazy undertaking and likely one that no one can ever finish. But just sort of in sum, I think it is really an amazing level of nuance that a common with a drum can be worth thousands of dollars or that maybe a Hall of Famer with a certain back that doesn't you know, come along with that level of sexiness might be a really, really tough combo. And, and, and you see certain collectors that you know, in addition to collecting the set, are really looking for certain combos, certain subsets, and um, that drives sort of an additional level of collecting that is a field from just the sort of normal 520 or 524 set. Yeah, absolutely. And Jay and I were actually just talking before we started recording that I'm at a point in my personal collection and my set where I need about 50 more cards. And for the ones that I already have, I'm now looking to start upgrading those from the common backs, which you'll hear about the Piedmonts and the Sweet Caprols, to something a little more rare or otherwise desirable. So the backs do give you, as Jay said, just a whole nother way to collect the set. And as we've said before, there's a million ways to do it. And I think that 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 is a similar place to where I find myself as well. I'm also trying to transition most of my commons and Hall of Famers from common backs to uncommon backs. 
Um, there are also going to be certain combos that I look out for that I think, you know, add a level of interest to, you know, idiosyncratically to myself. And this all is very timely right now because Robert Edwards Auctions is breaking up an extremely high grade and high level T206 set with a very large number of the extremely tough back combinations that you don't usually see. So right now there are probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 super tough top tier backs available where normally there might only be five to 10 of those available at any given time. So back, the back market right now is very robust and very healthy. And, um, you know, I think you see a lot of the, the good combinations and good backs really selling for quite a bit of money. So let's just start to discuss some of the various back tiers. So the, the, the toughest couple backs are ones that I sort of like to rag on. Um, they exist, they are real backs, but I just generally think they're so rare. And in the case of the old Mill Brown, they only exist in scrap form that I don't exactly consider them backs that I would really even want to go after. So for these, I'm talking about Lennox Brown and Old Mill Brown. Um, personally, I find it very difficult to actually differentiate the brown and the black. I know people say if you see them side by side, it is very apparent. But frankly, the brown backs just look like um, a black back that left in the sun for a while. So I, I don't even really see the, the attractiveness because my eye can't really see the colors so well. But um, there are somewhere in the vicinity of about 20 of each of those backs that exist and they sell for really, really, really big numbers. And it's just not a back that I really love. And I sort of have just lumped those off as sort of a, what I call the BS tier of backs <laughs> that are not really attainable, that you don't really see them very around very often. And they just sort of lack that really high level of appeal to me personally. Yeah. And, just so you know how this kind of Jay created and why he created this, I guess what he just called his BS level <laughs> tier of backs. Um, when you look at the kind of 15 undisputed standard backs that there are, and then the variations within those, the ones that are given the legitimacy are ones that appear to be a legitimate print run. There's a good number of them, uh, and they look like some kind of complete set Whereas some of the, these variations like a Lennox or an Old Mill that are brown seem like they could just be a one-time print anomaly and it wasn't actually something that was printed to be distributed. Another back we believe belongs in the bullshit category is the Ty Cobb. Uh, and it's for the same reason that the other ones don't really warrant their own uh, category. And it's that there's no evidence that this was some large print run and that there was any other card ever produced with that back except Ty Cobb, which most people, a lot of people, I won't speak for everyone, but a lot of people believe means this was a completely different set. It was a completely different brand produced uh, separately from the T206 uh, series. Is that? Yeah, I mean, it's a really cool back and it sells for a ton of money. Um... I think there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 that exist. But again, it just sort of, it doesn't correlate with any of the patterns that exist elsewhere in the set. You know, that's a little bit of a microcosm of some of the patterns that you see with backs in general. 
Um, no card in the T206 set comes with all three of the different subjects, 150, 350, and 460. So a card might appear with 150 or 150 and 350 or 350 and 460. So those backs sort of get grouped together. And you can generally draw a pattern where you see, you know, a large number of checklisted cards that come with the same types of backs in the 150 series or the same types of backs in the 350 or 460 series. And when there sort of lacks this general pattern, I think it just sort of breaks up some of the consistency that we see with the, the print runs, and that turns some people off. In terms of the series, I don't know if we've talked about series before. Do you want to just mention what that is? Because that also comes up when we talk about the backs. It does. So basically, if we think about the T206 set chronologically, the set started in 1909. And actually, before I get into this, there is a really, really good book by Bill Brown that goes through all of this stuff in much greater detail than I'm going to be able to remember off the top of my head. So that's definitely worth checking out. And we can provide um, a link to that because it's definitely worth a read for any level of collector. But basically, the T206 set started in 1909 with a relatively small number of backs and a small number of cards. There were about 150 cards made, and that's why the backs are titled with 150 subjects, because there were quite literally 150 subjects made in that first print run. You see a lot of the really big Hall of Famers and a lot of the really big portraits are part of that first 150 card run. And actually, a lot of those cards have extremely strong color that sort of dissipates a little bit as you move into the 350 series backs. But then in 1910, the the cards were so popular, they expanded the print run. And instead of printing only 150 cards, they started to print around 350 cards. And many of the ultra-tough backs were introduced in 1910. And then those same few backs continued in 1911 with the 350-460 backs, which basically turned into a set from 350 cards to 460 cards. And then that is the print run of basically the 460 major and minor league players, which if you add the 48 Southern Leaguers and a couple other short prints and um, the St. Louis variations, you approach your 520 in total. But basically what that means is over a three-year period, the set increased in popularity, increased in the breadth of number of tobacco brands that were issuing cards, and the set grew accordingly. Yeah, and so as a result of that, as a, as a result of the proliferation of the set, as a result of its popularity, we go from, for those 15 different companies who were distributing these cards, you have 37 give or take one or two, depending on who you ask, you have 37 different back combinations. So for instance, you can have a, you can have a Piedmont back with the words 150 series, 350 series, and 350 to 460 series. And then within those, you have different factories that they were uh, distributed by based on where they were. So, and what year it was. What does, Jay might know this, uh, what is the most back combinations a card can have, a single card? It is the red portrait Ty Cobb, which has, I think, close to 30 backs total. I can get a rough count here, but it's there are 20 different backs, and that is not counting the variations. So with the Sweet Caporal Factory variations, I think it's going to approach probably 28 or 30 of the 37. So no card is going to have all 37 backs. It isn't possible. The Super Prince, the Ty Cobb Red, Christy Mathewson, uh, Black Cap, and uh, Johnny Evers Chicago, along with the two How Chases, are really the ones that have uh, the most backs. And they have 
quite a few of the the really tough ones as well as all of the easy ones as well. Another exception to the rule is the Southern Leaguers who were only produced in the 350 series. Those cards each only have two backs, the Old Mill and then the Piedmont 350. But for standard issue cards that were not short prints, uh, the minimum number of backs those are going to have is six, and that's for cards that were produced in the first 150 series of T206s. Um, there were 11 players who were only produced in that series, and those each have six backs. For the rest of the players in the 150 series, that first one, um, they were produced in subsequent printings, meaning that uh, they were produced with additional backs. Yeah, so, and, and as we've referenced, these patterns hold true very clearly. So for all of the cards, or say the vast majority of the cards in the 150 subjects run from 1909, they are going to have an EPDG, a Hindu, Old Mill, Piedmont, Sovereign, and Sweet Caporal. So those are the only backs that you're going to see on really popular cards like, say, a Walter Johnson portrait, a Cy Young portrait, a lot of the other big Cubs portraits. And all of those cards, along with the commons, those are all of the backs that are ever going to show up for that pattern of cards. And as the set moves on to the 350 subjects and the 460 subjects, you integrate the American Beauty backs, Broadleaf, Cycle, you know, all of the really tough ones, along with Tolstoy and Polar Bear and uh, old mills that are not quite as difficult. So you, you start to see these very clear p patterns that start to emerge, and you are not going to see a whole lot of cards that really break those patterns. After the sort of tier that I've labeled BS, the Lennox Brown and Old Mill Brown, which again, this is just sort of me being sassy, is what I would call the super tough tier of backs. So these backs comprise drum, this is also a sort of loose scarcity order. I would say drum, broadly 460, use it, Lennox, Broadleaf 350, Red Hindu, and Carolina Brights. So that is one, two, three, seven total backs that I would classify in the super tough category. And the reason I've, I've sort of grouped these together is because these are backs that rarely come up for auction. There's going to be a small number of them available, buy it now on eBay from sort of the same couple you know, back collectors and back sellers. But just generally, these are backs that you don't see very often. If you're building a back run and you're looking for a specific player on any of these backs, you could be searching for a really, really long time just because, you know, if X number of Hindu reds come up per year, finding the one specific one that corresponds to a back run that you are doing could be incredibly difficult. So these cards are going to run you probably, the cheapest is going to be a Carolina Brights. If you wanted a low-grade Carolina, low Carolina Brights, that's probably going to run you, I don't know, about 400 bucks, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, but you're going to be spending $400 for a low-grade common. And then that goes all the way up to Drum, where a low-grade common is probably going to run you four or $5,000. And even if you had that money to spend and you hit the market, you might not even be able to find one. Yeah, and again, people... Most collectors don't care about what's on the back. You can have your favorite player in the set, and it doesn't have to have a drum back. You can usually find them in a common back, whether it's a Hall of Famer or another type of player. So there aren't any players who you have to have one of these wildly expensive backs with unless you're specifically going out to collect that. And I also know quite a few very advanced T206 collectors that might have complete sets who don't have any of these backs just because it sort of runs against their grain to spend this many hundreds of dollars on a common. I mean, I look at my own set right now. I only have, I think, 
two cards out of this group of seven backs and you know i wouldn't mind adding a couple others but it's not an area of my collection that i look at and say you know oh i'd really love to spend five grand on a drum just for you know my own interest there's probably other things i'd rather have if i'm gonna go out and spend five thousand dollars because again that's just gonna be a card that has some random guy on the front but it's just gonna be a drum that is from one of the very few very low number of drums that exist um, broadly 460 and use it are kind of the same way those cards are really 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 tough so yeah not for everyone so that's so <laughs> yeah, that's so we yeah. can summarize the super tough tier as super tough tier seven backs not for everyone yeah all right and so what's next so next is what i would call the top tier and these are what i would um, classify as really really good backs but they just aren't in that elite tier so here we're talking about American Beauty 460, Cycle 460, Hindu, and Piedmont Factory 42. Piedmont 460, Factory 42. So, uh, you know, the, the way this tier sort of breaks down in my head at least is Hindu is going to be the facially toughest back from the 150 series set. And then the American Beauty 460 and Cycle 460 cards are just ones that really don't show up very often. They are very, very difficult and um, they command, again, quite a bit of money. So I guess if we're running down this, I would say to pick up a card from this tier, a Hindu, a Cycle, American Beauty, this is going to be in the you know 150 to $300 range to pick up sort of a low-grade, decent card. So that's, you know, on a $20 low-grade, decent card, that's, you know, something in the neighborhood of a 7 to 15 times multiplier. So again, that's a quite a big premium if you're spending a $20 common and you're picking up a $200 Hindu you're paying 10 times what you would for a common but these are backs that are extremely scarce um, they are more available but extremely scarce nonetheless I think another thing that's worth mentioning as we examine this top tier is just to briefly discuss the American Beauty 460 which is a back that I really 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 like there are 12 cards which have sort of been called the exclusive 12 but there are 12 cards that are incredibly easy to find with an American Beauty 460 back. And generally, those are the ones that you see over and over again. So a couple examples of those are Hugh Duffy, uh, Chick Gandel, Zach Wheat, Lee Tannehill, DeVore. Those are the ones that you see very, very often. I think most people, if they have an American Beauty 460 back in their collection, it is going to be from that, that crew of 12 players. And then any other American Beauty 460 is extremely, extremely tough. So if we were going to be looking at any of those extremely tough American Beauty 460s, I would say that might even start to crop into that super tough tier. But since there are also easy American Beauty 460s, as just examining the back in and of itself, it's kind of difficult to quantify because there will be a very vast delta in price between, say, a Lee Tannehill American Beauty 460 and, I don't know, whatever another common is that is not one of those common 12. So when you sort of average that together, you wind up with a back that comfortably exists in this top tier that I'm naming. But if you come across any of those other commons, those are really, really special cards that will be worth a lot more than a couple hundred dollars. I was just thinking while Jay was talking about practical knowledge for people who don't really care about backs is if you're looking through cards, you're looking at cards online, you're looking at cards at your local card store or show, if you see a back that's not a Piedmont or a Sweet Capral, you should pay a little extra attention to it. It might be worth picking up. It might be worth even paying a little bit of a premium for depending on what the back is. Um, but at the very least, even if you're not going to collect these backs, 
even if you don't care too much about them, they could be a way for you to add something super special uh, to your collection. But I always get excited when I'm looking through a stack of cards and even one of the more common off-backs comes up. It's just a nice little variation. Uh, one, la one last comment on the top tier backs. I think it is right to put the Piedmont 42 backs in with this tier. That said, though, this is a back that is incredibly difficult with very low population numbers, but just a back that doesn't really get the love. Um, I don't know. Does it deserve the love? Maybe, but it definitely doesn't really get it. My opinion is it's just because that back says Piedmont, but um, it is an incredibly difficult back, and... As Justin's saying, if you're scrolling through a stack of cards and you come across a Piedmont 42, that's something to get really, really excited about just because that is a, a difficult back hiding in plain sight. And those are hiding in plain sight more often than you might imagine. Not, yeah. not often, but they do they do hide there. Uh, Justin found one recently. So they do. Seems, and and again, I mean, the, the back looks just like your standard Piedmont 350 to 460 series card. And at the bottom, instead of tiny factory 25 it's a fact tiny factory 42 again trivial to most people but it does command a premium because it's so much more rare uh than its uh cousin the uh the 25 and again all these factory numbers mean is that the card was distributed from a different factory all the t206 cards were printed by the american lithography company in new york city um, but after they were printed, they were then shipped with their different backs to the factories and companies that were distributing them. So when we're talking about factory numbers, that's all we mean. So the next tier is what I'm going to call the tough tier, which includes American Beauty 350 no frame, American Beauty 350 with the frame, Cycle 350, EPDG, and Tolstoy. So these backs, I would say, are attainable in, say, the $50 to $100 range. And this represents a really nice sort of collector's tier where you can find a nice cycle 350 back for, you know, $85, which is, you know, very attainable to, you know, a collector. But again, this is a cycle back that appears way less frequently, many times less frequently than would a comparable Piedmont back. So this tier sort of... It, it shares those similar types of population numbers where if you were to query on, say, the PSA population report, the number of, say, Tolstoys for a given card, you would expect to find it in maybe, I don't know, the 15 or 20 range rather than a Piedmont, which might have several hundred. So these, these backs all sort of are grouped together because I think they're somewhat similar in price and also somewhat similar in um, rarity. Yeah, and these are backs that... Frankly, most collectors are going to come across, uh, whether you're scrolling through eBay or you know looking at, at a card show or elsewhere. Um, I personally think it's fun to have the off-backs. I think it adds a little bit more depth to the collection, makes it a little more interesting and new stories to tell about the cards. And as Justin insinuated earlier when we were talking about the different um, print on the back of the card, depending on how you want to present your set, if you're doing a binder set, as you scroll through the binder, having different colors of ink on the back just adds, you know, a little bit of, of color to your set. And the colors really look good next to each other. So if you have, say, a green American Beauty right next to a red EPDG next to a black Tolstoy, those colors really contrast nicely and it just adds that type of flavor to your set. So I think the way a lot of collectors might start off is they pick their first T206 project, and then as they start to complete that, 
maybe they try to do the set or maybe they try to do a team set. But I think pretty quickly people are going to start to realize that whatever they're collecting, having a back from one of these tough tiers, you know, grabbing a cycle, grabbing an EPDG just to have one or to, you know, amass several really does add some something to your collection that, you know, even if you're just putting together um, a large grouping of, of Piedmonts and sweet caps, you know, you sort of strive or desire maybe to add some of that nuance and color. So the next tier of backs that I'm going to call plus backs, these are sort of the last couple that I would say are what I'd term off backs. So um, off back is basically anything but a Piedmont or a Sweet Cap row. Um, I'm going to leave aside the sort of tougher Sweet Cap factory variations just because um, they don't really get the love either. And th I think they're better grouped together discussing the various difficult Sweet Cap factory variations. Um, then they fit into this sort of plus tier back just because I think for a collector who's working on an offset like myself, even if a sweet cap factory variation is tougher, I'm probably just going to naturally lend more towards a polar bear, even if it's easier, cheaper, less rare, whatever we want to say about it. It's just, um, you know, it's going to be blue rather than red. So it's different. <laughs> so, so that to me is, is appealing to me as an off-back collector. So in this plus tier, we have Old Mill, Polar Bear, and Sovereign. Sovereign has four different backs, and Old Mill and Polar Bear are just the single back. So these are cards that, you know, often they sell for a very small premium. I'd say if we're looking at a $20 card as our basic multiplier, uh, this is in the $25 to $50 range, and, you know, sort of one and change to two times multiplier. But it adds that nice little flavor. And then, you know, as some, some differing nuance of the four Sovereign backs, um, I personally think Sovereign 150 is the most interesting. Um, Sovereign 460 is also uh, a plus back, definitely is a really good back. But if looking at those two, I think the Sovereign 150s are a little bit more interesting. And then the Sovereign 350 actually comes with two different color printing. There is a Sovereign 350 Apple and a Sovereign 350 Forest. The forest is kind of a deep, dark blue, and the apple is kind of sort of a faded, lighter lime. I'm sorry, I said deep blue. Dark, yeah. Deep dark green. A sort of uh, a faded lime green sort of color. This is one you it, you really can see it when they're next to each other. You, you can't miss it. Um, the apple, the lime green color, is generally much more difficult than the forest darker green. So when you say that, so when you say the Sovereign 150 back is more interesting, what do you mean by that? So it's sort of a combination of things that um, you know combine together. I think the population numbers for the Sovereign 150 is generally a little bit lower than the Sovereign 460. I think there are it is a slightly larger set, so in some there might be more cards, but broken down on a cards per back basis or a backs per card basis, um, I think you see fewer Sovereign 150s. And it also is just a really, really good subset that has sort of all of the good 150 series portraits. So the Sovereign 150 series has Cobb Green, Johnson Portrait, Matthewson Portrait, Young Portrait, Lajoie Portrait. It just sort of has all these really, really good cards and then also Lajoie Throwing and, and Cy Young Bare Hand. It's just a really, really good little subset and they're difficult. I think um, this is... a. a a back I've desired to find for my Hall of Famers and looking around for every Hall of Famer in a Sovereign 150 back has been a lot more difficult than you might think even with um, the population numbers as they sit. 
So from there, that's the plus tier. The last tier, or the second to last tier, is going to be the sweet cap factory variations, which is um, highlighted by the 150 649 overprint. The 150.25 and 350.25, which are sort of hidden gems, they are really tough and no one cares, but um, you don't see a lot of them. I think if you were to pull a pile of Sweet Caporal backs, you would be very surprised to find um, comparably few 150.25s and 350.25s. And then from the 460 run, the 460.25 is also very difficult. Um, some people make a big hubaloo about the 46042 and the 46042 overprint. Um, those aren't especially big subsets, and you don't see them very often, but I don't find those to be especially interesting. And I think that people who ask um, large premiums for those cards because they are quote unquote rare back, I think that's incorrect. Um, but these are the sweet capitals that I think, you know, merit some discussion. If you look at the population numbers, again, they're relatively low. But these are cards that really will not sell for too much of a multiplier. Um, you can pick up a 649 overprint for probably the same price as a regular common. Yeah, I think for... Maybe a small premium, but in the general sense, those are, um, those are tougher variations. And again, not to keep harping on back runs, but if you're doing a back run, you might find that that 350.25 is a lot more difficult for you to find than the cycle is. But that scarcity is just not going to be reflected in the price. Perhaps it's just a supply and demand issue where even though the supply is really low, there just you know isn't comparably high demand. Whereas there's always going to be high demand for a cycle because it's a cycle. Um, this tier is is sweet copperal factory variations that sort of nobody really cares about. But as you dig in and if you if you really dig deep into a specific card, you're going to find out that it might be a little bit rarer than you might think. Yeah, and I think a lot of that just has to do also like the Piedmont 350 to 460 factory 42 back where it's very rare. Um but it's just not that interesting. It is, and you know, because it looks just like the regular back. It's you got you got to look at those little factory numbers, and people don't like looking at the little factory numbers. Yeah, I mean, when when we're saying that this isn't very interesting, there are probably collectors out there that find this to be incredibly interesting, and maybe their economics dictates that they do want to pay premiums for it. But just, I think this is sort of just some part my opinion, and some part my market study based on what I see as things sell, and. The factory variations, no matter what they are, just really don't carry that kind of interest. Yeah. The last tier is just the common backs. So this is Piedmont 150, Piedmont 350, Piedmont 460, um, all of the other Sweet Capital Factories, which is basically just the factory, anything factory 30. Um, this common tier, despite only having a couple backs, is going to represent the vast majority of the T206s that are out there. So if you were to take a random sample of 100 cards, um, the vast, vast majority are going to be from this common tier. Piedmont 350 alone is probably going to net you somewhere in the 30 to 40% of every T206 printed is going to have um, a Piedmont 350 back. So... It is very easy for someone to scroll through a big stack of cards and, and just see Piedmonts and the easier Sweet Caporals and not really ever see anything that is um, that is plus. But I, I can definitely attest that the backs are out there. Um, people are interested. And it is uh, it is definitely a worthwhile endeavor just to, to assemble different pretty colors. 
So that sort of hits all of the various different back tiers. We are going to uh, wrap up this episode on backs. Um, there is a lot of nuance here, and there's definitely a future episode sort of discussing what, what has been termed comparative scarcity, where for a given back, say, um, a Sovereign 150, a card might be way easier or um, very difficult within the same back, and there are some patterns for that as well, but just sort of in some um, facially looking at the backs, this is how I would appraise these tiers and um, this is not necessarily unanimous either. I think there is a, a generally regarded rankings of backs that I personally have some disagreement with that has been floating around for a long time. Uh, the list was made by collectors who are far more knowledgeable than myself, but you know, just for the way I view things, I, I, I dispute some of the rankings. But I think as we've laid it out today, this is a generally straightforward back rankings that does not sort of require a lot of debate or probably wouldn't um, spur quite a bit of debate. So this is going to uh, wrap up our episode, our brief sort of beginner episode on T206 backs. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Monster Podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at themonsterpodcast.com and on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next time.